Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. If you've got your Bibles, go with me to the 25th Psalm in the fourth verse, Psalm 25 and four. Yeah, give it up for Doug's bike. I'm sorry, but this is an old man's bike giveaway. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to draw one more name. Psalm 25 and 4. Good call. You can hear those kids already. And the scripture says, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Pray with me. Father, thank you again for today. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this word. And Father, help me today. Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. And Father, take over my mind and my mouth, my thoughts and my words, and help me to deliver the heart of the Father to the heart of your people today. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. There are so many scriptures... Let me see what time we're getting started. I'm trying to not hold you extensively today. I I don't want to preach beyond the Holy Spirit. I'll stay as long as he will. But I don't want to hold you extensively because I know you got things with your your family today. There are plenty of scriptures, uh, a multitude of scriptures really, that compare life to a path, to a road, to a highway. And I think that if we can get it in our head, you know, you know, everything we do, if we would start taking notes of all the metaphors that we use every day, we speak by and large in metaphors and, you know, things are really heating up. They're not actually heating up. I mean, things are getting chaotic or things are getting difficult. You know, we use all of these metaphors. These, these things can help us to process life and to work through the different things we go through. So the Bible over and over and over again illustrates life as a highway, illustrates life and the things that we go through as a road or a path. And I think that if we can get it in our head to look at it that way, to look at life as a roadway, all of a sudden it helps us to step back and know how to analyze where we are at, what we are going through, and what to do about it. Think about this, and we're going to get into some scriptures. If life is like a highway, highways are full of bumps, of curves, of hills, of bugs, of animals, live and then dead. Other drivers, knowing where your lane is and how to stay in it, knowing when to switch lanes, 
knowing when to pass or knowing when to back off. I haven't learned that one on backing off. I only know how to pass. Knowing when to speed up or knowing when to drive extremely defensively. We have to refuel. We have a windshield to keep the elements from getting in our teeth. We have to know how to gauge our speed based on where we're at, whether driving fast or driving slow. And we also have to know that when we're on the highway, sometimes it's because we need to get somewhere specific, but sometimes it's just to go for a ride and that we need to observe and see things and learn things and just take the lesson and the information with us. When you think about this, life really is a highway. It really is like a road trip. You know, generally, if we're going to go somewhere, we might get up early in the morning about when the sun is coming up, and we make the most use of our time in the daylight while we can see. And then we push as hard as we can, and when the sun goes down, then it's time to rest. 2 Corinthians 6, 3 through 5 says this. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. Now listen to every way. By great endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in calamities, in beatings, in imprisonments, in riots, in labors, in sleepless nights, and in hunger. And all of a sudden, in this list, we see the hills, and we see the curves, and we see the bumps, and we see the obstacles, and we see those things which swerve into our lane, and we have to react quickly. And all of a sudden, we can see all of it. Somebody shout, life is a highway. Now, look at how the Word says that we deal with all of these different elements of the road. We go on to verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in verses 6 and 7. Here's how we deal with them. We deal with them by purity. We deal with them by knowledge. We deal with them by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by genuine love, by truthful speech in the power of God with the weapons of, of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. So I'm 41, and I've been driving longer than Moriah, which has been driving for three weeks. Moriah handles situations behind the wheel different, in a different way, differently from how I handle them. I wish that she would look in her mirrors or over her shoulder before she switches lanes, 
That would be helpful, you know. I wish that she would pay closer attention, but it is an awful lot of information coming at a human when you first start driving. You know, I don't know if anybody could even number. I don't even know if it would be possible to number the amount of things that are happening when we are driving. I don't know if it's possible to number the the information that is coming into our eyes and coming into our ears, the things that we are gauging when we're, think about this, all that is going on. Let's pretend there was nobody else on the road and you would still have to feel the speed for the curves. You still have to pay attention to what you're doing to keep your car on the road. But now throw in other drivers that you don't know what they're going to do. Did your parents ever tell you, it's not your driving I'm worried about, but you have to watch because of the other drivers? You throw other drivers into the mix, and then you throw deer into the mix. And then maybe some trash that somebody's thrown out on the highway. And then maybe a wreck. Another driver maybe has crashed, and now it's created an obstacle or at least a delay for you. My grandfather told my sister years ago, he said, whenever you're driving, pretend that there is a wreck around every curve and over every hill. Isn't that great advice? He told her and she told me, and I still think about it. Treat every curve and every hill. He said, because then if there ever is a wreck on the other side, you're prepared. You're paying attention. You're cautious. You are slowed down just enough for what you can't see. Think about the amount of information that's coming into your mind when you are trying to drive, when you're trying to navigate in a motor vehicle. And then think about your response, all that's going on in your body. Think about what's going on with your hands in turning the wheel. Think about how hard you're gripping the wheel. Think about your feet. and your All of these different things are working together. Can I tell you that life is exactly like that? Can I tell you that when, you, when you're born and it's the beginning of your trip, and for all of this time you're driving toward the setting of the sun on your life, you have all of these things to deal with. And a lot of people are trying to do it blindly. A lot of people are living very unintentionally. A lot of people are getting in and they're simply driving and thinking that everything will work out around them. No, you have to pay attention to what's going on. You have to pay attention to the way that the road is going. You have to pay attention to the other drivers. You have to pay attention to their wrecks because guess what? Their wrecks affect you. And every decision that you make affects somebody else. So we have to pay attention. Let's take it further. Let's do it on a motorcycle instead of a car. I wonder if I should throw Moriah on a motorcycle and say, here, take off. Would you throw somebody on this motorcycle that had never driven and turn them loose on the highway? There's a lot of training that has to go on. 
There's a lot that's involved on the way that the vehicle works, how it's going to respond in situations to tell you things that are going to come up that you don't know are going to come up because you've never driven one before. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is trying to offer us driving school. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit through the Word of God. You would never send your kid to take a driver's test without first getting the manual so they could know the material. But how many of us are trying to live this life without ever opening the manual? How many of us are facing these tests and in these situations, and we've never read through the Proverbs? We've never read through the Psalms. We've never read these wisdom books. We've never read from the Apostle Paul. We've never read Jesus and the disciples and how they interacted with people. We don't know what's coming up ahead, and when we run into it, we don't know what to do with it because we haven't read the manual, and the Holy Spirit is trying lovingly to offer us driving instruction. But what do we do? We refuse the instruction, and then we get mad at God when we didn't drive right. God says, here's how you do it. And we say, nope, I'll just do it this way. And then we crash, and then we get mad at God because he's the miracle man, and he was just supposed to make everything okay. That is not how this Christian life works. Oh, if I'll go to enough church, if I'll play enough praise music, then supernaturally, God will break all the laws of physics for me. I can just keep doing whatever I'm doing, however I'm doing, but God will somehow make everything okay because he's God. And the whole time, God is trying to tell you, no, the way I set it up is by certain parameters and certain principles. There is a way that life works, and I'm trying to teach you how to do it. Christians are always trying to live on miracles, but the greatest miracle of all is not to need one. The greatest miracle of all is not to need a miracle. Christians are not supposed to live on miracles. Christians are supposed to live on principles from God's Word. You know, when my kids were little bitty and just learning to walk, that was okay because they were babies. And so I would swoop in and lift them up. I would even carry them around. But guess what? I'm not carrying them around all over the place now. Although both of them still love me sometimes. Even Moriah, as tall as she is, she'll jump up on me and I get to carry her around. And Deacon does it too. Listen, when you grow up in the Lord, he's not supposed to carry you around all the time. It's supposed to be that you have learned to check your mirrors It's supposed to be that you glance both ways. It's supposed to be that you know when to put on the gas and you know when to put on the brake. It's supposed to be that you have grown up. It's supposed to be that you have matured. Well, I thought I was just supposed to lean on God. We're supposed to lean on God by obeying the information that he gave us to lean on. We don't lean on him to do all of it. When there are obstacles... In your life, the same as obstacles on the highway. And somebody, probably several specific people, need to hear this right now. There will be different things I hit today, and you'll say, that's right now. When you are coming up on an obstacle, you don't remain at full speed. When you see a tragedy on the road up ahead in your life, you don't plow through while saying the name of Jesus 
and trust that it will disappear as you approach it. What do you do? You back off and you assess the situation. What do you do? You slow down. You may pull over to a rest stop. It might be a great time to grab gas and a snack. What do you do? You back off of it. When you, when you see in the road that something's going on, you say, hey, I've got this feeling. I've been paying attention to this in my marriage. I'm seeing these road signs in my marriage. They're saying, warning. They're saying, warning, this is only a 30-mile-an-hour curve. So you don't double down and push down on the gas. You say, wait a minute, I see these road signs. So I'm going to back off, and I'm going to address it before I get to it. I'm going to, I'm going to proceed with caution. When there are obstacles, you don't keep plowing ahead. Listen, if, if you're hitting potholes right now, don't keep taking them at the same speed as when your life was smooth at one point. You've been on a straight stretch? Great. Enjoy the straight stretch. Roll down the windows. Feel the wind in your hair. Take off. Drive fast. But when the weather conditions get rough, when it starts to rain, it's slippery. When wet, come on, you can't approach with the same speed. When your life starts to take different turns, when there start to be these obstacles, there starts to be flashing yellow lights, when there starts to be warnings, you have to pay attention. You can't do it. This, yeah, but this is how I've always lived. But you're in a different situation now. Well, this is how we always did it before. Yeah, but the road was straight then. It wasn't windy. It wasn't curvy. You can't do it the same now. And so you're going to have to adjust or you're going to crash and burn. It's going to end up in a wreck. It's going to end up in a mess. You drive different on different stretches of road. You drive different on a straight stretch than a windy road. You drive different when it gets dark outside than when it's bright. You drive different when it's been raining than when it's on dry roads, hopefully. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hopefully. You have to change. You have to adjust with what you see happening. You have to pray and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you that many of you who are praying, can I let you in on a secret? That 90 times out of 100, God is going to answer that prayer through his written word. We are praying and talking to God, but we're expecting him to answer on our terms. We say it to God, so we want God to say it into our ear. We want God just to drop it on us. I'm not saying that that will never happen, but I can tell you that God is always talking through the Bible. God is always speaking through his word. If something is, if, if, if something is important enough to pray about, it is important enough to open your Bible about. If it is important enough for you to take it to God, it is important enough for you to hear God in the way that God says he speaks, and he is speaking through his word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread, by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If I want to hear God, I have to be where God is speaking and he is speaking in his word, and he's speaking through the pastor that he has placed me under at the local church that he has called me to. Cameron, when you get to Virginia, and there's different situations, and you're praying, don't pray and expect to hear him at home. 
But pray and then find a church where God is speaking to you. We have to listen. We have to get in it. We have to position ourselves to hear God, what he's saying in our life. We seem to think that as Christians, if I'm a Christian, if I've prayed that little prayer and asked Jesus into my life, then no matter what's going on, we'll just do everything the same, but God will make us immune. No, he won't. That's simply not how this works. God is trying to teach you that your life is like a highway and show you the right way to drive. Show you the right way to feel the road. He's showing you how to slow down to make a turn. And let me say this. If you're going to visit someone or you're going to shop or whatever the case if you've been traveling one direction, and you know when we're on the highway, we go, we go a lot faster. Because on the highway, we haven't gotten to the specific place we're going to pull in. We're going from an area to an area. When you are going from a season to a season, you can probably carry on pretty fast. Because you're traveling a general highway. But then when it starts to get specific to your call... When it starts to, are you, are you hearing me? When it starts to get specific to where you're going for your assignment, the place that you're supposed to be in your life right now, then it's not about traveling from county to county or from town to town. Now you're going to start driving streets instead of highways. There is going to come a point when you're going to have to make a right-hand turn or a left-hand turn. If you've been doing 70 miles an hour, if you've been doing 85 miles an hour, and you need to make a right-hand turn into a city, you're not going to keep on going 80 miles an hour. You are going to have to radically adjust your speed and the way you're driving if you're going to make it to the specific place of your assignment. You can move quickly while you're traveling from area to area, but pretty soon you're going to have to come almost to a stop to turn in and get where you need to go. If you're moving in a particular direction quickly and you realize that you need to turn or that you missed an exit, the process of getting there is as important as getting there. And you cannot do it all at once. If you're trying to get some, God, how are you wanting to use me? God, where am I supposed to be? God, what am I supposed to do? What is the assignment right now? You're going to be traveling very differently than you normally do because this part's going to take more research. This part is going to take more prayer. This part's going to take more Bible reading. This part is going to take more discussion with godly counsel. Don't keep making big decisions without getting godly counsel. The psalmist said that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. And that automatically means that the flip side is also true. There is great danger if you are not getting godly counsel. There is great danger if you are not getting wisdom from people that have been already where you are just now going. We are not going to get, God has designed it that nobody does anything by themselves. No one has ever done anything truly great by themselves. Everything that we do that is of value, everything we do that is of, uh, of substance and sustenance, and everything that we do that lasts, it is done with a team. 
It is done with a network of people, and God has set it up that way on purpose. And so if you've been headed from one season of your life to another, but now you're getting into the specifics, you are not going to be able to do it until you slow down and say, hey, would you pray with me about this? Do you have any information about this? Can you shine some light on this? Because I've never been here before. And you're going to slow down to start making those little bitty turns. You cannot do something great all at once. You cannot do something great moving ahead at full speed. Listen to this, Romans 12 and 12. The Apostle Paul says this, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. How many times when we get into the stickiest situation do we mash down on the gas and say, just get me out of here? This is the scariest part, so I want out as quickly as I can. Just get me out of here. And we mash the gas and we go as hard as we can just to try to get out of the situation. What if you do that on the highway? What if you would do that driving at the point when the road conditions are the worst, when they're the most dangerous, when the highway is the busiest, when there's the most going on, and you say, this part scares me, I think the best thing to do is step on the gas pedal and plow through it. You'd be dead. You would be dead. But this is what we do with our life all the time. Listen, I'm sorry that it's hard. I'm sorry that it's sticky. I'm sorry that it's crazy and that there are potholes in your life. Now is not the time to go crazy just to try to plow out. Now is the time to buckle up. Now is the time to call some people on your team. Because now is the time to slow down and to chill out for a minute. Because if you move real fast, you're not going to be able to assess the situation and you're going to end up in a really, really bad circumstance. We have to slow down to make a turn. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. Here's something else that we don't want to do if we're on the highway. If Doug's out on this motorcycle and he's cruising down the highway and he's doing, let's say he's doing 75. I don't know how Doug drives. Let's say he's doing 75. And all of a sudden, Doug decides he's not going to look ahead anymore. He is only going to watch the rear view. And Doug's on this motorcycle. And listen, everything with a motorcycle is balance. Try to drive a motorcycle like this. See how long you can last just keeping your head over your shoulder and not looking ahead. Try to walk that way. Try to walk in a straight line while you're looking behind you and watch what happens, especially if it's a little bit dark. What if he starts watching everything behind him and he's not looking ahead? You're going to drive toward what you're looking at. Whatever your eyes are fixed on, you are going to tend toward it. But a lot of people are driving their life this way. They keep looking behind A lot of people are trying to live their life while they look at yesterday. They're trying to look at the abuse. 
They're trying to look at how sorry they feel for what happened to them. They're trying to look at, Cameron mentioned a minute ago, they're trying to think about the things that they've done. And as long as you are looking behind, you cannot go forward. You can never get to your destination looking behind you. You can never come into next year while you are focused on last year. You can never come into victory while you are focused on your mistake. You can never have greatness while you're fixed on your failure. Listen to this, Philippians 3.13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. The Apostle Paul had quite a past. The Apostle Paul basically had a career of persecuting Christians and even having them put to death for believing in this Jesus. And then God saved him. You know, God can save anybody, even a Christian killer. God can turn it around for anybody. All through the scripture, we have people that lived in all kinds of mess, and God saved them out of it. So the Apostle Paul, he went from killing Christians to preaching the Christ that they believed in. Paul went from persecuting Christians to converting people to Christianity and telling them that Jesus Christ was the only way. I'm telling you that no matter what your past is, it doesn't matter. God is not looking back and neither should you. God is looking forward. God is looking at you through the blood of Jesus. God is not looking at what you did yesterday. God's not looking at how you messed up. God's not looking at how you failed. God is only looking at, are you looking at him? Are you looking at him? The apostle Paul of all people, this verse becomes so much stronger when you realize the guy that made the statement. It becomes so much weightier, it becomes so much heavier when you realize what Paul had done, what Paul had been through, when you realize his failures and his mistake and his past. You couldn't get much worse than some of the things that he had done. And then he makes this statement, I choose to forget. I choose to forget. It's not that I don't know. It's not that I can't remember. It's not that it never crosses my mind. It's not that I feel happy about what I did. It's not that I take it lightly, but I make a choice to forget. It's a decision. When it comes up, yeah, I glance at it in the rear view. I see it back there, but I say, oh, but I've got to keep my eyes fixed down the road. It came up. I had a reminder. Okay, big deal. It's back there. Praise God. I remember where I came from. But I cannot look at my past and move forward. You can never have what God has for you in your future as long as you're looking at the past. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead. You know what else is on highways? Hitchhikers. Hitchhikers are on highways. Wherever you're driving, you'll see somebody that may or may not know where they're going. They're just going. Maybe they have somewhere in mind. Maybe they have nowhere in mind. But there are people on the highway that need help and need direction. There are people broke down on the highway. 
There are people whose cars have quit running and they're parked on the side and they may or may not know what to do. They may or may not be sure about who they should call or what the problem is and they're stranded. Along the highway, there are going to be people. There are going to be people with problems. And a lot of those people that have those problems, it may seem like an inconvenience to you because you're trying to get where you're going for your thing. But guess what? You may be in the right place at the right time. Unless you're my daughter, Moriah. I told her if she sees a hitchhiker, never pick him up. I said, even if the Holy Spirit tells you to, I said, pass him by and tell the Holy Spirit to deal with me. Come on, somebody. There are people that are in need of assistance, people that are in need of help, but we are driving too fast. We are so consumed with what we think is our destination that we don't back up and take the time to help another human being. How many times have we been so busy on the way to our ministry that we missed out on ministry? You know, Jonathan Bond that was here a few weeks ago uh, if, if you were here and if you've been here in the past, what a blessing he is, how God uses him. It's just incredible. And that guy, he's busy. He's on his way all kinds of different places. It would seem that he always, always, always takes the time. I have, I have sat and listened to, to Jonathan and thought, man, God, I would love to operate like him. I would love to experience some of these things that he experiences and be able to bring some of these testimonies. Well, you know what you have to do? You have to quit leaving the house so late. You have to quit driving so fast. And you've got to start taking the time when the Holy Spirit tugs at your heart and says, talk to this one over here. And you say, well, I would like to, but I'm in a hurry. When you pray and ask God to use you, do you know that you're really asking him to mess up your schedule? Many times we pray and say, God, would you use me? God, would you move through me? Use me for your glory. Use me to be a blessing. And then God tries, but we haven't scheduled God into our agenda. We haven't scheduled God into our itinerary. I'm telling you, if you ask God to use you, be prepared for your schedule to get messed up. And when your schedule does get messed up and you say, this is going to make me late, you should say, God, thank you. This is probably an opportunity. Do you know that almost every time you're late, you're trying to be somewhere on time, and you're trying to get on the road, and you're late, and you're getting all worked up, and your temperature is rising, you've got all this anxiety, and then later you find out there was some reason. How many times do we have to do this before we realize that our steps are ordered of the Lord? And so if you're going to pray and ask God to use you, be prepared for him to use you on his time instead of on your time. There are going to be people on the highway. Some of those people will be our brothers and sisters. Some of the people on our highway that we're going to have to slow down for are going to be people that know the Lord, people that have been trying to go in the same direction we are, but something's going on. Galatians 6 and 2, Paul says this, Bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When is the last time that we have lent an ear? When is the last time we've listened to somebody just because they needed to talk and get it out? 
when is the last time we took time out of our schedule to truly help and to be there for someone because they were going through? Listen, be there for that person because you're going to need them sometime too. And we have to bear one another's burdens. Sometimes it'll be our brothers and sisters, and other times the people on that road will be the lost. And it can be very, very frustrating because you're so holy and perfect, and it would really be terrible to have to deal with all their chaos and mess for them doing the same stuff that you used to do and judging people for things that you were just, come on. The people that God called us to, they're going to be messes, just like us. So guess what? With a lot of grace and a lot of patience and a lot of mercy, we're going to have to deal with that. And if we're not willing to deal with that, we should quit saying that we really want God to use our life because that is how God uses your life. God uses your life for people and people that don't have it all together, just like we do not have it all together. So sometimes it's going to be the lost. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 14. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. I think this is amazing because here we have some people that are in the master's house. They're living in the master's house, and it's very comfy there. They have plenty to eat. They have a roof over their heads. They have a place to lay down their head, and they might not really want to leave. But Jesus says to them, go out. Go out. This is us intentionally, intentionally having our eyes open and looking for people that maybe we can help. How many times have we seen a situation and we purposely do this? We try to, I hope they didn't see me. We try to get out of what we can't miss. And here are people that the master says, go out and look for people. If you remember the parable here, he had already invited the elite to his wedding banquet, but they were all too busy. So he said, go out and find anybody you can. Poor people, maimed people, people that are dirty, people with problems. He said, bypass the ones that aren't interested. Bypass the rich, got it together people that aren't interested. He said, go out and look, intentionally try to find anybody that could benefit from this and compel them, convince them. We're going to actually have to do some work for those that may not smell too good, that may not be too pleasant, that might not be too loving. We're going to have to love the unlovable. But there are people. You can live your life out blindly, just plowing along, unaware, that every day the driving conditions are different. You can say, nope, this is how I live. This is what I do. I get up in the morning and do this. I do this. I go to bed at this time. You can live blind to the fact that life changes, that life changes with age, that life changes with seasons, that life changes with callings. 
Life changes with where you're going, geographical locations, and you can live your life blind to the fact that the road conditions are always different. Or we can start paying attention to the lines that have been painted for our own safety. We can start paying attention to the road signs that are posted to let us know where our exit is or to give a warning to protect, to protect us. Proverbs 16 and 17. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil, and whoever guards his way preserves his life. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. But not everybody is walking in the steps that have been ordered of the Lord. That's not automatic, you know. It means God has laid out a right path. It doesn't mean you're always walking it. What do we have to do? We have to lean not unto our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him, and then he will direct our path. I, I know that God has done a lot of work to lay out steps. I don't want to miss the steps. I want to walk in the steps. The highway of the upright turns aside from the evil, turns aside from the chaos and the confusion. If we guard our way, we preserve our life. We preserve our life. Now, speaking of road signs and speaking of warnings, I don't know everybody here in this house today. Most of you I know. Some of, some of you I don't know. Some of you, maybe you've only been here a handful of times. Some of you are brand new that I've never seen. I don't know where you are at in your life. I don't know where you're at on your road right now. I don't know where you're at on your path and your highway. I don't know if you're in a real hilly area or a lot of wines. I don't know. I don't know. But I want to give you one road sign that Jesus has given for those that don't know him. And that sign says, bridge out ahead. Bridge out ahead. Can I tell you that when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, when sin entered in, when sin came into the world, humanity was separated from fellowship with God. And now there is a gap there is a gap that exists between the road that we are on and the destination, which is right standing with God and eternal life with Him. An eternal life that starts now when we accept Him, but also an eternal life that carries on when we go to heaven, when we die at the end of this road trip. And the sign says, bridge out ahead. There's a gap between us and God. But the good news is this, Jesus built a bridge. Jesus built a bridge with two wooden beams and three nails. And he went to the cross and he hung on the cross in our place. The Son of God left heaven and came to earth and became flesh, became a human being and died in our place to pay for every wreck, to pay for every crash, 
to pay for every failure, to pay for every sin. He came and gave himself that if we would place faith in him, we will cross that bridge into right standing with God through the blood that he shed on Calvary. And we will make heaven our home for eternity. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 says this, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Jesus Christ has made the way that every human being can be in right standing with God, in fellowship with God, can be washed by his blood, can be totally forgiven of everything in the rearview mirror, can be totally forgiven of everything that's happened, and you will know that you belong to him. Singers, musicians, would you come? Would you stand with me today? Perhaps there is somebody here today that does not know Jesus. Perhaps there is someone here today and you have never crossed that bridge. You may not have even known that there was a bridge that was out until moments ago. This life has a stopping point. Statistics show that one out of one dies. The Bible says it this way, that this life is but a vapor It's not going to last as long as you think. The older we get, the more we realize that, that this thing is not taking nearly as long as we thought it would, and we wonder where the time went, and I hear it keeps speeding up. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what kind of a life that you've lived. I don't know where you've come from, but I know this. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all of us are on the wrong side of that crumbled bridge. There is only one way to get across, and it's by way of the cross. There is only one way to heaven. There is only one way to be made right with him. Only one way to be forgiven. It's not through our behavior. It's not through anything that we can do. It's not through any good works or any charitable giving. It's not through religion. It's not through church. It is through individually coming to God for ourselves and saying from our heart, God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I know that I have transgressed your law. God, I'm sorry. But I know you love me. And I know you sent Jesus to die for me. And Jesus, I know you did. And I know you got up from the dead. I know you're alive today. I say yes to you. Wash me of my sins. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess that with your mouth, that you are saved. That whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, it's not just a repeating of some words. It's not just a mental thing. It is you from your heart deciding. 
And when you do, he erases the old you and he gives you a brand new you. The Bible calls it being born again. Jesus said you must be born again. He said no one can see the kingdom of heaven without being born again. If you've never done that, this is your moment. This is your opportunity to say, I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven. I want to be saved. So I'm going to invite you to do what may seem like the hardest thing in the world. I'm going to invite you to step out into the aisle and to come and join me. I want you to come and stand right down here with me. And I want to lead you in that prayer. As you from your heart place faith in what Jesus did at the cross. Would there be even one here that says, that's me. I need God's forgiveness. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to know I belong to him. I want to know that heaven is my home. I want to know that when I die, that I'm going to live eternally with him. Would there be even one here? If you're watching at home, you don't have to be in a church building to make that decision. From wherever you are right now, you might be watching in a car on a trip. You might be on the highway. I don't know where you are. But the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart right now. So if you've never received him, then wherever you are, call out to him. Something like I just prayed. It doesn't have to be my words. But express to him that you know you're a sinner that needs him. That you know that he came and died for you. That you know he got up. And say yes to him. If you do make that decision, would you please click the message button and let me know today? Would you say, hey, I was watching and I received Jesus as Savior. And if you do, I have a little booklet. It's about the Christian life. It's to help you get started. It's for those that have just received Jesus and maybe say, I don't really know much about prayer or where to start reading the Bible, but I would like to have this relationship with the Lord. I've got a free book. It's free. I'll send it to you. and It'll help you to get started in your walk with the Lord. If there is anybody that needs prayer today. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.